Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addy Oye Jr. Joining me is our Fox, our Oracle, GameSpots, Tamor Hussein. What's popping? Brand new Kind of Funny Games Daily just hopped in. Oh, Um, man. I didn't know you had bars in the spot like that. Oh, my God. I I think that might be a Jack Harlow line. Oh, is that, okay. I was going to say, are you like, are, are, is this you getting into the grime scene? Because that sounded no, like no, you no, were no, doing no. some skeptic type shit. No, no, no. Uh, no, I, you don't, you don't want to hear me rapping. I'm bad at it. I feel like we can make this work. Yeah, I know you listen to a lot of rap. You've sent, you've sent me quite a few rap songs and you've sent yeah, yeah. me artists. And I know, I know that I'm you have a good ear. You're big I'm, into I'm it. Into you got a good ear for rap. And my thought process is the folks who have a good ear for it and the folks that have good taste know, like, know, know the tenets of rap that you need to hit. Yeah, I think you would this, have a good flow. Here's the thing. I, if there ever was, a, I thought about this. Someone asked me one time, if you ever did karaoke, like I've been to karaoke one, two times. I'm embarrassingly bad. They were like, if you ever did karaoke, who would you do it with? And what would you do? And in my mind, I thought about this for a really long time. And I did end on you. I would do Hell one yeah. with you. Is and it, it I think, Watch the Throne? Oh, yes. I fucking it knew was. it. It I was. It. Is, it, is it Otis? It was either Otis or is it Gotta Have It? Gotta Have It. Gotta Have It. Bueller had a Mueller, but I switched it for a Mille. That, oh my that, God. That one. I was like, we could do that. That was like number one. Number two was Shook Ones Part Two. Oh my God. Which I feel like we could do. I love this because usually my, my karaoke go to, because I'm also just terrible at karaoke. Yeah. Uh, but my go to's are rap songs. And so when I do karaoke, it's usually either gold digger or best i ever had or something in that realm if there's like a good eminem song that isn't going to kill the vibe i'll rock yeah. with that too one time yeah. well years and years ago uh for a karaoke i did stan by eminem and let me tell you never do stan by eminem <laughs> no. at karaoke because that is no. a vibe killer by the that last is, yeah. verse when i tell you that everybody was just bummed out and not in anymore i was like i'm sorry guys i should have seen this coming i thought it was a pop hit but you guys are right this, this yeah. last verse it, will kill the vibe i don't understand how <laughs> You didn't think about that. That it's about a when, stalker that ends up killing his family. When you're when when you're drunk, Kevin, and you're just at karaoke and you're looking through and you see Stan and everybody's like, Oh yeah, Stan. I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's fucking do it. You don't think gonna, about it. I'm gonna do you don't this. Think I'm gonna about be the, the hero of this karaoke party. Yeah, I'm it's gonna, like it's I'm gonna, gonna interrupt time. here. I'm gonna interrupt here because mm-hmm. Kevin, are we live? Huh. It doesn't <laughs> seem like we are. I'm gonna hit the live button. That is that's, uh, see, that's interesting because it was live for me. It, yeah, it popped up for a second and then it vanished. That's, that's really, really weird. I don't know we're what happened. We're recording though. Like the YouTube kids can hear yeah, us. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely recording. YouTube kids are. Okay, cool. Uh, we're back on now. Look, it just came we? on. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I see us on Twitch now. I see us on Twitch. Uh, okay, Twitch okay. to catch you guys it up. Definitely right? We're talking about karaoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It went live and then it vanished for a second. Yeah, so it was three minutes and 15 seconds. Everyone chill out, all right? We were just talking about what karaoke songs Bless and I would do, and it was 
Uh, firstly, Bless said, do not do Stan, which uh, is a wise, wise decision. Yes, never um, do Stan by Eminem. Yeah, and, and Bless now would probably do something out of Watch the Throne. Yes. Probably yes. gotta I, have it. I like to see it. Says, what is that song? Is it gotta have it? It is gotta have it. You got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That, it slaps. It slaps. Tam, how are you feeling? I know uh, Elden Ring got delayed yesterday. Have you recovered? Are you good? Uh, I will never financially recover from this. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't mind. Like, it's been how long since we had it? Um, and they, they announced mm. a network test. It's what you, is it what you need? No. No, it's got to have it. It's got to have it. It's just like that part of my brain that's like, no, it's, it's, it's not the right time. Well, anyways, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, uh, so I like the network test thing is clearly them doing a make good. Where it's mm. like, oh, we're now to announce this thing. But, but and like a lot of people are being quite, you know, oh, nice try. You do, you're obviously covering for the delay by this. But I'm like, that works for me perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, I'll play that game for, for like a, a test of it for like 20 minutes. And, and like the delay is only a month. And that's, that's not a big deal for me. Like one month is, is, is nothing. And also like that is my biggest game of that time, of, in that period. So I know for a lot of people, it's like, oh, man, it's real busy. Um, there's so many games, but for me, it's like, yeah, there is so many games. And for me, I'm lucky in that I've got a clear priority where it's like Elden Ring is the one for me. Everything else is going to be the cherry on top or mm -hmm. something else, you know? So like, I know that come February, first things first, uh, Elden Ring and then all the other Uncle games. Phil. Yeah. First, first, uh, rest of, first, 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 first thing first, I'm a realist. That's nice. Azalea. Is that Azalea? Oh, that's the Azalea. Yeah, no, that, yeah, uh, Iggy yeah. Azalea. Iggy Not Azalea. Azalea. Both azaleas are not, 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 they? they're, they're pretty bad. Iggy I mean, Azalea, I, Iggy, Iggy Azalea, Azalea did that, the weird. Um, Black Widow, the Black Widow song, I think that was Iggy Azalea, and that was a decent song. I like that song. Like a Black Widow, yeah. baby. And that, and that instrumental was, was dope as hell. Yeah, Iggy Azalea has one song that I, I listened to, and I was like, this is a straight up, straight up, like, banger, and a genuinely good song. Um, I can't remember what the name is. Name I'm is. convinced. I'm I'm convinced that what tanked Iggy Azalea was the time that yeah, she went, yeah, when she went, I think it was yeah. Sway or something, and she went and freestyled, and everybody was collectively bad. was like, this is terrible. This is a terrible yeah, freestyle. I never heard from her since. Yeah, the Iggy Azalea song I'm thinking of is called We In This. Stop playing! God damn it. It's called uh, We In This, and mm. it's, it's mostly the beat that does all the hard work. Um, <laughs> like many Azalea, Iggy Azalea songs. Yeah, yeah. And like, she's, she's, she's clearly not good at rapping. Um, Azalea Banks, on the other hand, multiple good songs, absolutely off her rocker, which is a shame. Oh, yeah. Um, like, you hate to see what that. A, what's a genius if it ain't crazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Tam, true, you know exactly true. what I mean. Yes. Tam, I would love to talk, continue to talk to you about Elden Ring, but it is a huge news day. So let's talk about today's stories, which include the return of Splinter Cell, a bunch of Xbox news, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching 
for Kinda Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, at your patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new ps i love you xoxo is up right now uh me and janet answer a bunch of your reader mail and we talk about how the playstation 5's first year has been that's on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and speaking of youtube.com slash kind of funny games episode two of the arkham files premiered yesterday and it's a short video by barrett and roger all about how batman arkham city truly makes you feel like the batman you can check that out right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games Thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Canva and ButcherBox, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen! Starting with our number one, a huge one. I'm, I'm so glad to be hosting on a Tuesday because I've been stuck to Wednesdays for so long. And Wednesdays, never really a, a banger news day. Two, I forgot how it felt to host on a Tuesday, Tan, because our story number mm. one, a decade later, Ubisoft has finally greenlit a new Splinter Cell. Sources claim uh, this is from Tom Henderson at Video Games Chronicle. Ubisoft has greenlit what will be, be its first mainline Splinter Cell game in a decade. That's according to development sources who told us that the title has been put into production as a means of winning back fans frustrated by recent efforts to revive the franchise in mobile and VR spaces. It's not clear which studios are working on the project, though two people with knowledge of Ubisoft's plans suggested that the new Splinter Cell is being led by a studio outside of its traditional Montreal base. The title is in its early phase of production, the sources said, but there's a small chance it could be announced next year. The much-requested sequel will arrive at a time when the company is looking to rebuild its image following a, a wave of discrimination and sexual harassment allegations. Employee groups say they are not satisfied with the level of action taken by Ubisoft to change its culture. Ubisoft has declined to comment when approached uh, ahead uh, of publication. Now, coming off of that, I do want to get right into a question written in by BJ Bernardo, who wrote into patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, Hey, y'all, with rumors of a new Splinter Cell coming, I got a question. Why did it take so long, almost a decade, for it to come back? Was there just no more story to tell, or was the series not as beloved as I thought? Thanks, BJ. Tamor, where are you at with the Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell report? One, does it get you hype? Two, what are your thoughts about it in general? And three, what is your response to BJ here in terms of why, why has it taken so long? All right, so uh, as you may know, I like Metal Gear Solid. Um, mm -hmm. Extrapolating that out, I like stealth games as a whole, and Splinter Cell is one of my franchises. Um, I, I have been very vocal about Ubisoft shutting the hell up when they're talking about um, Splinter Cell because they, they were, haven't been announcing a Splinter Cell, but they keep shoving Sam Fisher into things. And that mm. pissed me off in a massive way. So, um, seeing this report is both a soaring high and a crushing low for me. Because I want to get excited about it, but there are certain qualifications that I feel like my brain automatically makes that prevent me from doing that. First things first is, um, obviously this is a report I trust VGC, um, and... Uh, so I agree with them. I, I understand that it's going to happen. Again, it's early in production. Mm -hmm. um, my question, my main concerns right now are why, why, why now is one of the questions. And the answer is 
you can have a cynical look at it, which is pointed out in 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 the story, which is Ubisoft needs goodwill. Um, Ubisoft needs some wins on their side. Their response to their um, the issues at the studio have been um, lacking in a lot of respects. And um, even if they do a lot, they still have an uphill struggle, which is the way it should be. Um, these companies can't be let to, you know, just get away with it. We've got to hold them accountable and we shouldn't just be like, great stuff. You put out a statement saying you're on it. Let's forget about it. But in order to get that momentum back on their side, they also need to start putting some, uh, you know, ticks in the win box and green lighting a, a splinter cell or getting a new splinter cell out there is one way to do that. It's their perhaps most, their biggest dormant franchise that people have shown a, a thirst for, a desire for. Um, I don't think, as uh, BJ mentioned, like it's, he says, was it not as beloved as, as, as I thought? Uh, BJ says, um, but I think it is beloved. It is as beloved as you thought. Um, the problem I have, the, the main issue I have is, is this a good reason to do it? Because if it's a case, if it's the business sense, you know, games are greenlit for a whole bunch of reasons. Sometimes it is through the passion of, you know, the fans, we've we've decided to do this. Games like Skate, the new mm-hmm. Skate, are, are one of those. And, um, you know, there was Mirror's Edge. EA seems to be doing that a lot. The other one is business decisions. Obviously, yep. they looked around in the environment and went, they could have looked around and gone, there are no stealth games. There are, so, you know, Solid Snake is retired. Metal Gear isn't happening. Most of the stealth stuff is happening in the indie space, so there's an opportunity here to have a AAA action game. If that's the reason, fine. If it's simply a case of we need to PR this up, that is that's something that's something that I'm not entirely like on board with. Like you don't do that shit just because you need a win. Um, obviously, that's a cynical approach to it. You're in all of those things could be the case, and together they could result in a good game, and that's my hope. The other thing is. Is Ubisoft capable of looking outside of its predominant game design formula to make yep. a Splinter Cell game in the way that it needs to be made? They've had multiple Ghost Recon games, they've had multiple Far Cry games, and they are functionally design-wise stellar games, decent games. However, they are of an ilk, and that is they are basically the same game in various ways, like Breakpoint, Wildlands, all of those games, I can. The issue I have is I can see how they take Splinter Cell and shoehorn it into their existing formulas, which doesn't work for me. the The qualification for that is I think Splinter Cell can work in an open world format. I think the the model that they have is it is possible to create a Splinter Cell with that kind of formula. An open world stealth game has been done. Mm-hmm. by in the metal gear franchise that's what that was right metal gear solid 5 and it was incredible what the if for my money the best stealth game ever created so they could do that my worry is they need to have the the kind of uh, design acumen to stand back from what what their games are look at what works take that stuff and also build in what splinter cell is level based games are important to splinter cell like contained environments where you can have stealth in the open world, but there's a different kind of tension when you're controlling and orchestrating stealth moments in the way the old Splinter Cell games. And that is an important part of Splinter Cell as an experience. So if they just shoehorn, so that glass half full is they look at this, 
and they decide we can do open world we can combine it with like a a kind of like smaller intimate scenarios and create a kind of halfway point between old and new um and that would be awesome a glass half empty approaches they're going to shove this into the same formula that they always have yeah i'm i'm going to try and be optimistic and give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're going to do the smart thing the other thing is like i'm not sure how to look at the an external developer outside of montreal is working on it um if it's an ubisoft studio that's great um i would even prefer it if they would outsource it and get someone else in but that's not going to happen um the the montreal studio is amazing studios around the world are amazing but i just wonder if they have the experience to do a, a game like that and the reason i asked for that is not to not to diminish the efforts of the uh, non-Montreal Quebec studios, but like we had the studio in, I believe it was India, working on Prince of Persia, mm-hmm. and we saw that and we were like, uh-oh, um, that looks like it, the bag is being fumbled here. And that is some, that kind of like stuck in my mind. I'm sure they'll get that game to the place where it needs to be, they need more time. But then we saw that new Ghost Recon game come out, uh, announced, uh, I've already forgotten the what free it was to play called. One? Yeah, the free-to-play one, which oh, is man, also... I couldn't, I couldn't even try I to couldn't, remember. Exactly. We talked I about saw it last week. I could not tell you the name. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the name. Frontlines? That sounds Probably. vaguely familiar, like something like that. Ghost Recon. So, like, that is a... Not Montreal, so it's one of the other studios. Um, and, like, that that is... They, they, they went, here's your Ghost Recon game. It's the it first person... Oh, it's all right. And they were like, here's your ghost, new Ghost Recon game. It's the free-to-play first-person shooter that's also a battle royale, which is like, wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, You, you, you biffed it on all well, three points there. To, to, to jump in here, because I think you said, uh, so you made so many excellent points, and to piggybacks off of some of them, right? Like, you mentioned earlier, what are the reasons why you greenlight a game? And, you know, I, when you look at Ubisoft over the last, let's say, decade, and when you look at BJ Bernardo's question, which is, was this series not as beloved as I thought? Love doesn't always equate to sales. And I know that doesn't sound like that, like that, that, that sounds almost like some kind of fallacy. But, you know, it's, it's, just, it's in the same way that months ago I was like, hey, so- Sonic is more popular than Zelda. That's not to say that Zel- like Sonic is better. That's not to say that Zelda doesn't have more passion in its fans than Sonic. That is to say that when you're looking at IP and you're looking at what to green light versus not, or what, yeah, what to green light versus what not to green light, right? Like you look at something like Metroid and we've been, it's been so long uh, since we've gotten mainline big Metroid games, or at the very least we get them way more fewer and far between compared to Mario's and something like Zelda and Sonic the Hedgehogs and uh, uh, other, other games of that ilk. The reason why is, not because Metroid isn't beloved, right? You don't see uh, uh, not as many Zelda games as you do Mario games, not because Zelda isn't as beloved. It's just, it, it, it's more so the value of the IP and what people actually flock to in terms of sales. And so 2021 Ubisoft and the last decade of Ubisoft has been focused on your Far Cries, Assassin's Creed's, uh, like, th- th- like those types of games, right? The Tom Clancy stuff, the divisions. That has been current Ubisoft because there is there's a different level of sales potential for those games and there is a level of uh, i think like machina- uh, uh like i don't know what word i'm trying to say machinations I, that's not the word i'm trying to say but like in, in terms of like i guess um having a process for putting out those games they know how yeah. to make a far cry they know how to make an assassin's creed there is a machine there at work in terms of hey we we, we have a flow here and these 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 games are seeing a specific 
flow and consistency in terms of sales that putting out a new Splinter Cell just isn't going to hit because stealth games in general just don't sell as well as these other action games. And uh, people in chat have mentioned things like Hitman, right? And Hitman, if you remember, Square Enix sold off or um, let go of IO and gave them the IP. And part of that is Hitman does not see the sales that you would think a a Hitman would see. It's a big IP name. It's a wonderful game. It is one of my favorite games this year, Hitman 3, and has been one of my favorite franchises uh, uh, at the very least in stealth of the last decade. Those games don't sell like crazy, which is why Square Enix got rid of it. Even something like Deathloop, uh, and arcane games in general, like arcane games historically just haven't been the most popular games ever. Coming off of Prey, you know, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed that game. But that game, you know, isn't a super popular game that everybody went went and flocked to. Deathloop, you know, even though it's one of the more popular games this year, this is the arcane game that is opened up in terms of, hey, you don't, they're not marketing the stealth of this game. They're not marketing this game as like a sneak, sneak around kind of game. And you can play Deathloop as more of an action game if you want to. You have that option there. Um, stealth games just aren't as marketable. And so when you go to something like Splinter Cell, that's why you haven't seen Splinter Cell around in a long time. 2021 Ubisoft is very different from 2006 Ubisoft that was putting out uh, those Splinter Cell games that you know and love. Uh, and so with that, a 2021 U- Ubisoft putting out a, let's say, a 2023, 2024 Splinter Cell game does make me go, mm, I wonder what that's going to be. Because I don't look at that and I go, oh, that's going to be the Splinter Cell you know and love. I look at that and yeah. I go, that is going to be way more actiony way more checkboxy way more you know maybe open world maybe more along the lines of something like an assassin's yeah. creed see, see the interesting thing is like we also it's obviously we're armchair experting here and we're trying to figure out where they're going to go but ubisoft had had a history of also exploring smaller ideas in and you know tighter experiences they don't do that as much anymore you know the stuff like this war was it this war no it's not Vand- vandal hearts valiant hearts that's what valiant hearts, yeah. vandal hearts is a completely different also very good game um valiant hearts and you know the kind of experimental rayman even to a degree so but they don't do that as much anymore they don't see seem to be showing um any sort of interest in that obviously like i would love to see them approach it through that perspective and you know come at it like let's do something tighter smaller that doesn't cost us so much money um and like time but the issue is the the counter to that is they've already got the pipeline in place almost the design pipeline in place with everything else um i think that there is an opportunity to do a mixture of both you know and my hope is like they use that i, I just want them to think about it just think yeah. about it a bit more because i'm not being rude but far cry came out and it is like from my perspective it is by the numbers in every conceivable way like there's little to nothing it relies entirely on the loop and Mm -hmm. that loop being satisfying but the problem i have is i see through the loop and i can feel my time being wasted and without any sort of new or interesting mechanic to engage me i'm throwing that away because i've already tasted that i don't need another one of it I just want them to take a step back and think about what, yes, you've got this this kind of like design framework that you're using a lot, but how can you adapt that to Splinter Cell and make that work? I feel like there is a way to like do, you know, Sam is in, in charge of a, you know, new team of echelon soldiers or like spies or something like that. And, or you could just do like Sam in the open world, collect Intel uh, weapons and uh, uh, items procure, procurement, um, 
you know, build up the, the necessary information you need to do a very tight, constructed infiltration mission in a more um, curated way. Like, there's ways to make that happen. It just takes a little bit of effort. Yeah, and I think a bit of it comes to that that the original conversation of why do you greenlight something like this? And one of the reasons why you do greenlight games is to see like, hey, can this the can this kick off new life in the IP? Can this can this thing uh, create a new branch of people? We as Ubisoft, we have our big games. We have Assassin's Creed. We have Tom Clancy. We have Far Cry. Right. We have X Y Z thing. Can Splinter Cell re-enter that conversation? Right. That level of hey, this this new Splinter Cell game took off and it's great, and now we're back in the flow of making Splinter Cell games regularly. I think that is the other reason why you could greenlight something like this. And I think that that there, theoretically, could be a could be the good reason because I think that means that, hey, you look at what makes Splinter Cell work and you look at, um, you look at financially and, I guess, marketing-wise, what does this kind of game need to feel fresh and new and good in, 20, in, in the 2020s, I'll say? And... I think you look at that gap that is left by Metal Gear Solid and you take advantage of that and go, what are people missing from Metal Gear Solid, which they haven't gotten in a while? What are what are the things that work about a game like Hitman, which is a critical success? What are the things that work about a game like Deathloop, which is one of the bigger games of the year this year that does have stealth elements? And you would hopefully look at those things and go, cool, let's piggyback off of all of those and figure out how to make Splinter Cell the best Splinter Cell it can be uh, nowadays. The fear I have is I don't see Ubisoft as that type of company. I see Ubisoft yeah. as the company to go, no, how can we make this in line with all of our other properties and, you know, make ma- make this work for the cross collaboration that we have between our studios and yeah. how do we take the light stealth that we have in Far Cry and Assassin's Creed and apply that to Splinter Cell and how do we make it so that you're stealthing through encampments or doing whatever the that that Ubisoft formula that you know and love or maybe hate uh yeah. how do we make that fit in uh and I I hope that's not the case but it's hard for me to not believe that is going to be the case. Yeah, giving them the benefit of the doubt, which you know we we, we are we have to do because you know some sort of balance. Like there is, there, I imagine one if they're doing this as a PR move, they also need to be aware of the fact that people are incredibly cynical about their games, or at the very least have enough insight into their games. And pe- like, and not a lot of people, like, because let's not remember that the the sales numbers that um, Assassin's Creed and and Far Cry and watchdogs gets isn't representative of us it's representative of people who do not give a shit about the name ubisoft or who's making it mm-hmm. but i think there's enough of a the, the the people that they want to hit with the pr win are people who know that stuff so to a degree they they must be aware of the fact that we can't screw this up this needs to be something that is is a slam dunk for us they're not looking for a sales win on its own they're looking for a hearts and minds as well as a sales win Mm-hmm. So on top of that, that kind of knowledge, they also are aware of the fact that this is a major franchise for them. And if they fumble the bag, it could be devastating. Like that could hurt that property in a big way. I think the other thing is, if I remember correctly, there is some sort of Splinter Cell live is it this movie or TV show or something like that in production. Right. Um, I can't remember. I, I, it sounds maybe- right. Yeah, I think there Ubisoft was one. Does have a lot of, is it, are, I think is it, it might involved? be. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, this the is, animated the, the show. Netflix thing. The Netflix. Is yeah, yeah. So thing? The, like, huge maybe, maybe world mixing thing. Yeah, because he's doing he's doing Far Cry, isn't he? So um, there is some sort of thing. So I imagine it it bodes it would bode well for them to 
do a good Splinter Cell game when there is other Splinter Cell happening. Yeah. Um, so there is enough reasons or there's enough um, impetus for them to do it right instead of just being like, just cram this Sam Fisher guy into one of these um, Ghost Recon skins that we've got going and let's rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know, like uh, it's it's an up and down com- like thought process and if anyone from ubisoft is watching and they're like wow they're really not giving us much much credit it's because you guys have (laughs) put out a certain type of game for a real long time and more importantly like people really give a shit about splinter cell like people really really care about splinter cell and i'm sure there's people in ubisoft who know that but i'm also sure Equally, that there's a whole lot of people who don't realize how much people care about Splinter Cell. Because Splinter Cell isn't just an Ubisoft franchise that is popular because it was stealth. Splinter Cell was also very closely linked to the Xbox and the Mm -hmm. Xbox brand. And that often gets forgotten because they see it as like, oh, you know, it's uh, Metal Gear versus Splinter Cell. No, Metal Gear was PlayStation, Splinter Mm -hmm. Cell was Xbox. So you're not just looking to appease Splinter Cell fans or stealth genre fans like myself. You're going you're gonna to have a whole lot of Xbox fans paying close attention to this. And if you screw it up, even though Splinter Cell has since gone multi-platform, they're going to be big mad about this. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of people that care. And I just want, it, I want them to do right by it. Um, I, want yeah. the, I want to see Sam Fisher back. And I want to see that gameplay hitting the way that it used to. You spent a lot of time in this conversation. We got to move on. But I do want to ask a question that is going to shake the world, uh, depending on your answer, Tam. I, mean, I need mm. you to clear your mind. We're in the year 2020, let's say 2024, all right? It is February 25th, 2024, and IO Interactive's James Bond game and Ubisoft's new Splinter Cell are releasing on the same day, and you can only choose when to play. Which one are you choosing? Oh, Ooh, that is a rough one. Is this is this a scenario where I've not seen any of them? Yeah, like, they're because... dropping both of them. They didn't drop any gameplay trailers. They're just uh, like, hey, at face level, you just got to choose one. This this says everything. Okay, mm-hmm. I I am a huge Splinter Cell fan, and this perfectly highlights our our point. If I had to pick one, sight unseen, never seen anything of them, I'd pick Hitman or, or, or uh, James Bond. James Bond, because the chances of I'm so convinced that Ubisoft is going to phone it in with, with Splinter Cell and cram something, cram that franchise into one of the existing templates that if I'm committing to one of these games, it's going to be James Bond. Because mm-hmm. if, if IO crams James Bond into Hitman, that's way more of an engaging experience to me, way more of an exciting prospect to me than Splinter Cell being crammed into a Ghost Recon Wildlands format. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm, I'm so happy that even though the like stealth doesn't, stealth isn't the most mainstream thing the studios that are doing stealth are doing it phenomenally and so like shout out to your ios and your arcanes out there because i do really appreciate these games the fact that like i'm with you that i'm super excited for that io james Bond game you know not seeing anything just just reading what the that original announcement had to say about it and me Mm. picturing and me playing that final hitman 3 level i'm i cannot wait for that thing to come out but tam for now let's talk about a different publisher that Mm. uh, is working on a new game story number two EA is opening a new studio in Seattle. This is Danielle Pardis at GamesIndustry.biz. Electronic Arts is set to open a new office in the Seattle area to be led by Marcus Leto, former creative director at Bungie. 
Leto is known as co-creator of the Halo series and worked as art director on the original Halo, Halo 2, and Halo 3. He's also former president and game director at V1 Interactive, which closed down earlier this year. The new EA location, which is yet to be named, will focus on developing first-person games and will report to Vince Zampella's organization. Quote, I'm very excited to announce that I've joined Electronic Arts as a game director, building a new studio in the Seattle area, uh, working on first-person games, Leto said via LinkedIn. He continues, quote, I can't wait to share more about what we're creating, end quote. Now, Kevin, I need you to uh, Amazon me some tinfoil, okay? For now, uh, I'm going to... Just just so that we're clear, you don't mean it, right? No, I mean it. I mean it. I'm going to pretend this paper is not going to block the... The satellite rays. You know they sell tinfoil hats, right? Like we can just sell you. That is that is that is is how you signify that you are a mother on Vine. You know this. (laughs) Wait, is that really the thing? Yeah, remember whenever whenever someone's like uh playing the mom. Oh, they play yeah, playing girl girl version. They put the thing on. on (laughs) Well, I have news, everybody. (laughs) No, the pretend there's a tinfoil hat. Tam, I look at this. Mm -hmm. I look at the fact that let me get this paper towel in my way. I look at the fact that EA. Mm-hmm. is seemingly working on a first-person game mm-hmm. through a new studio mm-hmm. that is reporting to Vince Zampella. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy to think no. that this is some Titanfall shit? It's not happening. No. Damn it. Well, I'm the only way the, the only way I see this happening is if Respawn is... If this new studio is assisting on a Respawn title, I would be extremely surprised if EA went... A studio that is not Respawn is making a new Titanfall game. Unless it's a spin-off game. If it's like Titanfall Legends or something like that, then maybe. I feel mm-hmm. like if there's a new Titanfall game in the main entry, the mainline franchise, Respawn is doing it. Oh, but they're um, so busy, though. They're so, like, that is the thing. They if, are so if... busy, but like, it's, it's, that franchise is so intrinsically linked to that studio that i feel like it would be i don't think ea wants the hassle of having to explain it and it's like it becomes an uphill struggle to market that game right like you don't want to start off by them being like we have to explain to everyone and convince people that this studio is trustworthy and you know i don't know about that one like that's a big risk for me i think the thing for me is that is the biggest hope that i have for another titanfall game just because respawn is very obviously too busy to work on it and they had that thing where i forget i forget the exact series of events where like one of their pr people uh their marketing people was like oh yeah we're not working on more titanfall and then they're like no no we still love titanfall and like all all these things and you look at their slated games and it's like apex legends is super successful and that is carrying forward the titanfall flag they're probably working on a new star wars game uh and respawn always i feel like always has like something else that would take precedent over a new titanfall i'll love for them to go all right how do we make more titanfall happen let's open a new studio that is going to report to vince zampella so you still have it under his umbrella and mm. you build the trust that way by saying hey this guy that you know this higher up from respawn this guy that you tr- that you do associate with the franchise is still the overseer of this thing is going to help lead them in creating this thing i'm with you that it is an uphill battle to in an uphill conversation to in, in in two ways right what you just mentioned in terms of that association with titanfall and respawn and how that is their baby but then also Titanfall isn't a big seller, right? Titanfall, as much as we love Titanfall, and it goes back to that love versus sales conversation, Titanfall 2 did not hit in terms of sales. Half of that was EA's fault with sandwiching it between Battlefield and Call of Duty. But I do think Titanfall being the victim in that situation does speak volumes in terms of 
that's not the type of game that that you would build a new studio for. I think a new studio we built for something a little bit more like either a big new IP that you're trying to launch off the ground or something that is a bit more cemented and well known. Yeah, I think you're more likely to get some sort of spin-off that loosely connects to the Titanfall universe than a new Titanfall game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do you think is there anything else you think this could be from a first-person shooter? I mean, like it could be a brand new IP, but I would I I I don't know, like having said what I said, I'm I think they're more likely to to lean on an existing franchise than try and create a new one. Like if I had to bet on things, like if I had to bet on an existing franchise that they would give to a new studio, I'd do like Battlefield over over um over Titanfall because they put out one Battlefield title every few years. And if that game hits, amazing. If it doesn't, that's it. They're like they're done for another four years. I think they're looking at um they might be looking at Activision again and going, these lot are putting out titles at a multiple clip a multiple titles at a regular clip. So if one don't hit, the next one might hit. And if that one don't hit, they've already got one in production. I feel like this might be a situation where they're like, let's get another studio working on spin-off battlefield titles and let's get them into rotation. This could be a situation where it's like, remember Battlefield Hardline, where they have like different yeah. vibes and aesthetics. And... How can I forget Battlefield Hardline? Yeah, Battlefield Cop, um, that game came out. So like, it might be something like that, where they're like, you go, you make another type of Battlefield experience and we'll add that into rotation because if DICE's game don't hit, we need you to step up. Another read I have on this too, them bringing in uh, this dude who, you know, is known as the co-creator of the Halo series and worked on uh, Halos 1 through 3. That and, it is, and it's coming from Bungie. That makes me think that it could possibly be more of an arena-based shooter if it is something brand new. It is, it's tough to, to envision this as something brand new because it is EA. And it's hard for me to think of why would EA launch a new first-person shooter franchise, like a new IP like that. The other thing that comes to mind with that would be is a battle royale. You know, have uh, do they want do they want to have another break in into the battle royale space because Apex Legends has, has done so well and because it's something that they've tried to do with um, Battlefield that just hasn't panned out the way they wanted to pan out. D- does EA look at that and go maybe we can try something else in battle royale and have a new studio work on it solely and actually give it the TLC it needs? Mm. Yeah, that that could be a way to do it. But I, I feel like right now EA is, if if there's one clearly, I mean, I'm sure EA is doing a lot of smart things, but if there's one thing that they, I'm convinced that they know, it's they shouldn't touch what they've got going with Apex. Like, don't introduce any more Battle Royales. Don't take anyone away from what they've got. Mm. Just keep it going. Ubisoft, on the other hand, is like firing Battlefields out like poop from a butt, not Battlefield, uh, Battle Royales out from poop from a butt and forgetting oh, them yeah. like, like in a second later. Like, there was that... What was that one that Hyperscape. they put out? Hyperscape? Like, they yep. put that out and then just promptly forget it. Now they've announced another one, which they were like, it's going into uh, testing. It's not going into testing. It's super early. It's just like, they're still on that. Let's try and keep throwing things at the wall and see if anything sticks. Whereas EA seems to be of the mind that we've got one that's stuck. Don't touch it. Everyone back away and let them keep it on that wall. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, to go back to the tinfoil thing, Kev, you could send me, if you don't want to send me like just a bunch of tinfoil, even though I need it for the kitchen, you could send me a tinfoil hat. For these moments i'm down to, i'm down to rock i have you want to send that to me i i don't feel like you're gonna commit to it you know what i mean i'm gonna buy you a hat and then you're you're not gonna use it you'd they be surprised have one for cats if i have a lot cat, of conspiracy theories if i get a cat mm, my apartment doesn't allow pets i would love to but i would also prefer a dog if you know what i mean like I'll i mean get a dogs dog were better 
They are. They're so good, man. They're so incorrect. They're so loving. Absolutely incorrect. Look, look. This is incorrect. I've told you this before. I'll tell you again. You can train a dog to snitch on you to the cops. You cannot train a cat to snitch on you to the cops. That's all I'm saying. And end of. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's like the best. Like the best argument I've ever heard toward cats. Tam. We got a lot of Xbox news to talk about, but before we do, I want to remind everybody out there that you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Canva. Design is such an integral part of making content, but dang, it's hard. Or it was hard until we started using Canva Pro. Now I can design anything like a pro on any device. You can choose from thousands of customizable templates or start from scratch. It's something I love. I love the, the options there. Being able to go just look at a bunch of templates, it's helped with a lot of our promo imagery that we have to make. And it really kind of makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, it makes me feel like a genuine Andy Cortez. You love to see it. And Canva Pro has endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more that add your own personal spice to whatever you're designing. You and four teammates can design together, unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. You can design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash KFGD to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash KFGD. Canva.me slash KFGD to get your free 45-day extended trial. And next up, shout out to ButcherBox. Nothing beats quality meats. And with ButcherBox, you get more than just high-quality meats. You also get holistically sourced meat because ButcherBox always keeps the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. Gia blew my mind recently when she made a grilled buffalo chicken sandwich. It was so good. I love ButcherBox. Every month, ButcherBox will ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on your box type. It's a lot of meat. It's enough for 24 individual meals. The meat has no antibiotics or added hormones and is always packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members a 10 to 16-pound turkey free in the first box, perfect timing for thanksgiving just go to butcherbox.com slash kfgd to sign up that's butcherbox.com slash kfgd to receive a free turkey in your first box b-u-t-c-h-e-r-b-o-x.com slash kfgd to get that free turkey kev all i'm saying is that this is all the tin folk that i have left in my apartment and this is not enough to create a habit. Dude, how are you tearing that tin foil off where you got like wolverine claws I really had to get in there. I was like really hoping during the ad break, I ran to the kitchen. I was really hoping that this would have been enough. But then I started looking. I was like, nope, that is the the the, the end is right there. There's yeah, no more tinfoil under you this. You could have been creative with it. You know, yeah. man? this is not enough tinfoil to create a hat. Mm. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, like it's already it's already connected <laughs> to the mm. to the bone. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what <laughs> I call it. By the bone. way, I like I it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. the bone. You nailed that. Yeah, it's like glued on there. Yeah, no, there's no there's no point. There's no there's no tinfoil there. Tam, I got a bunch mm -hmm. of Xbox news that we're going to speed run through, all right? So let's go to right. story number three. Microsoft's special Xbox 20th anniversary broadcast goes live on November 15th. This is Jez Corden at Windows Central. 
This year, Xbox is hitting the grand old age of 20, and Microsoft is gearing up to celebrate. I think it's fair to say Microsoft has had one of its best years ever for gaming. Huge drops in Xbox Game Pass, massive audience milestones with Minecraft, and continued success with Xbox Series X and S consoles, where supplies can't meet demand. Going into 2022, Microsoft is capping off the year with some major game launches across its platform portfolio, and Xbox Game Studios lead Matt Booty took to the Xbox Wire blog to give us an update. Quote, this has been a remarkable year for Team Xbox and for you, our fans. We welcomed Bethesda to the family, announced a new slate of games together in June, and launched Psychonauts 2 and Microsoft Flight Simulator, two of the highest rated games of the year, into Xbox Game Pass. 25 million players have now joined us in Sea of Thieves, and your passion for Series X-shaped appliances uh, have has made the mini-fridge a real thing. Our players are part... Uh, our players are at the heart of everything we do, and we couldn't be more thankful for your incredible support, end quote. Microsoft has revealed that on November 15th, 2021, there will be a special broadcast event that looks back on the past 20 years of Xbox and Halo. Uh, Booty emphasized that there won't be any new game announcements at the show, but I think there's a good chance we could see updates on some of the best upcoming games heading to Xbox and PC in 2022 and beyond. Crazy idea, maybe we'll even see some Halo Infinite campaign gameplay. Who knows? question mark kevin in the doc i have a link to um the microsoft uh fall slate of games that somebody made an image for if you want to uh, bring that up as we talk but uh, uh yeah give me one second Damn, super exciting stuff right we get a cool anniversary stream and, and and kevin pulled it up super quickly uh great job kevin but yeah when you look at their fall slate right like that article wasn't joking this has been an amazing fall yeah, yeah. is this tin foil <laughs> oh man oh, it might be aluminum foil is that a shower cap? That's a shower yeah, cap. for deep conditioning. You you wanted me to do research. You get 10 of them. We can all have one in the office. Nine bucks. This is, this, is, uh, this is not what I think of when I think of a tinfoil cap. I think usually tinfoil caps are way more this janky is, than this. I was I was trying to go some uh, yes, a little bit better, stronger. I get it. I guess that is like more useful. You, know, you, get, you get practicality out of that. But when you look at the Xbox fall, right? Like we've gotten Psychonauts 2. Uh, Age of Empires 4 is coming. Forza Horizon 5. Microsoft Flight Simulator Game of the Year Edition. Halo mm. Infinite coming in December. And then Minecraft Caves and Cliffs coming out. Uh, like, one, it's been such a, it's, it's, it is such a dope fall for Xbox. But also, Tam, uh, for this anniversary stream, like what are your expectations? I mean, like I think, I think Microsoft is very careful about messaging uh, just the 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 full extent of what we're getting and they said we're not going to get any big new game announcements we're just going to be talking about some cool stuff that has happened i feel like this is going to be one of those feel-good streams and it's going to be like microsoft being like hey xbox has been having a great time lately you know where this is all the cool stuff that we've done also remember when we had this console remember when we had this console remember the blades Remember this sound? It's going to be like a nice, like celebratory thing. Um, and I feel like the intention is let's keep it reined in. Let's talk about some of the things that have happened, that will happen, that people know about. And let's just let people leave this stream with some nice, warm, fuzzy feelings in their heart about uh, about where um, uh, Microsoft is going. And naturally, the response to that is going to be absolute blind rage and fury on the Internet because there hasn't been a new look at a brand new game like, I don't know, Starfield or something like that. But I think that it's that's pretty a pretty good um, way to tackle this. It's kind of like a, hey, how you doing? From from like a, a Xbox, just a check in, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think they're doing a good job of setting that expectation and, and uh, you know coming on saying, hey, there are, will be no new game announcements at the show. Um, but like the idea that hey, maybe there could be updates, maybe we could see 
just like a sea of thieves thing and i even if this all is entirely feel good i do think that's fun right for this 20th anniversary stream for xbox that's a really exciting thing that's super awesome and not everything has to be a we're announcing big new titles right i'm totally mm -hmm. down to go hey yeah let's get in our feels real quick you remember that big old xbox controller that you used to love back in the year 2001 the that duke. you that used to hold the duke that thing that like like as a kid i try to hold that thing and i was like well what are they doing what the fuck am i gonna do with this i can't reach the the x button like this thing is yeah. too big yeah yeah, like, what are we doing with this? Uh, you know, it's going to be remember that. It's going to be remember Crimson Skies. It's going to be remember all these all, all this stuff that you love. And I think that seems like a fun time. Maybe we'll get some updates, but who knows? Maybe we'll get a restock on the mini fridge because that sold out very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, let's continue on the Xbox train. Story number four. Speaking of Xbox, coming to Xbox Game Pass uh, via Xbox Wire. Uh, October 21st, you're getting Dragon Ball Fighters, hell yeah, uh, Echo Generation, and Everspace 2. Then on October 28th, you're getting Age of Empires 4, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, Bassmaster Fishing 2022, Non-Guns Doppelganger Edition, and then The Forgotten City, which you all have no excuse to not play unless you you know, you know don't have Xbox Game Pass. But still, so many of you are now going to have access to this game. Play this game. It's a dope game. If you like 12 minutes, you'll probably like this game as well. If you didn't like 12 minutes, you'll probably like this game as well. Uh, yeah. It's a really good game. It's my one of my favorite executions on the whole time loop thing uh, this year. And I talk about it in the Blessing Show as well, the latest episode, all about time loops. So go check out that episode if you want to learn more and have me really sell you on the Forgotten City. Um, but yeah, good month for Xbox Game Pass. Coming off of that too, Ultimate members can now play 100 plus games with Xbox Touch controls, including fan favorites such as Scarlet Nexus, Hades, and Psychonauts 2, plus 13 more available starting today. Those games are Art of Rally, Boyfriend Dungeon, Crown Trick, Curse of the Dead Gods, Gears Tactics, Lethal League Blaze, Signs of Sojourner, The Ascent, uh, Train Sim World 2, Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6, Yakuza Kiwami, and Yakuza Kiwami 2. Xbox Game Pass keeps on game passing. It keeps on being great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One more for Xbox. This is story number five. Sea of Thieves has sailed past 25 million players. This is Wesley Yen Pool at Eurogamer. Sea of Thieves has sailed past 25 million players. Rare's multiplayer Xbox and PC pirate adventure launched in March 2018 and has grown steadily since. Executive producer Joe Neat said the introduction of seasons earlier this year, as well as the Pirates of the Caribbean crossover, sparked a, quote, huge influx of players casting off for the first time, end quote. To celebrate, anyone who plays Sea of Thieves between today, 19th of October, and 3 p.m. UK time on 26th of October gets a special login bonus of 25,000 gold, uh, gold and 25 doubloons. Meanwhile, one randomly picked player who, who hands in treasure during this period will earn a payout of 25 million gold. Sea of Thieves has proved to be a hit for Rare, which had focused on the Connect Sports series in the decade beforehand. It's currently working on Everwild, which is without a release window. Who, who wrote this? Who wrote this? It was Wesley Yenpool at Eurogamer. Mm. Wesley Yenpool. Uh, put some fucking respect on Rare's name, all right? You mm. never refer to them as the folks that worked on the Connect game. They're they're the Rare that worked on Banjo Kazooie and DK64 and Jeff Force Gemini and the greatest hits of the N64. Are they though? Case. They used to be. <laughs> they used to be. Different people. Still a good studio. Different people. And this is very impressive for Rare too. Like the 25 yeah. million number is no joke. That uh, that feels like Nintendo numbers, and of course, so much of that is boosted by Game Pass. But even regardless, that is still the popularity of that game. And so, yeah, like that is very impressive for Sea of Thieves, which you know started off a little bit rocky. You know, no pun intended, because you have them rocky waves. But over time, is really built, and it's also always awesome. I think to see these come up stories of games build a community and have dope updates, do all that stuff. We have one more new story for you. Story number six, a PlayStation pivot. Uh, Sony is testing PS5 
beta for easy screenshot sharing in the PlayStation mobile app. This is Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer. Sony is testing a limited release beta for PS5 players to share screenshots and clips through the PlayStation app. The app update will make it easier for users to access their game media on their phone to share straight to social media rather than sharing directly from the console with this awkward typing function. Uh, unfortunately, the beta is only available in Japan and Canada for the moment, but PS5 owners in those countries can download the updated app on both iOS and Android. Once enabled, the PS5 will automatically capture or automatically upload all captures to the cloud. They'll be even uh, they'll then be available to access on the mobile app for 14 days from there they can be shared on social media or directly with psn friends and party members in the app screenshots saved will only be uh be those specifically captured by the user trophy moments uh auto captured thankfully won't clog up the cloud upload videos must be under three minutes long and won't be available in 4k video clips will also include audio from a player's microphone if enabled this is just a test for sony at present but as ps5 users have been requesting an easy option for screenshot sharing more in line with the xbox or even switch offerings it's hoped this beta will see worldwide release soon sony is yet to confirm and this is one that i'm very excited about i've been asking for oh, this yeah. for a while uh, xbox does such a good job with their screenshot sharing right you just open up that xbox app on your phone and all your stuff is there on the cloud and you can download your videos, download your screenshots and then tweet them out. And I've been wanting that same thing from PlayStation. And so th th this is the first steps toward that. And I can't wait to see them actually roll this out worldwide. Love to see it. Tam, I'm mm -hmm. excited to see this roll out worldwide, but that's probably just so far away at this point. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and drop shops today, where would I look? You would look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily hosts each and every weekday blessing. Out today, we got Dying Light Platinum Edition for Switch. YouTuber's Life 2 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Love that they made a game after me. Into the Pit for Xbox One and PC. Inscription for PC. The Caligula Effect 2 for PS4 and Switch. War Mongrels for PC. Angry Alligator for Switch. Duo Zombies for Switch. Regency Solitaire for Switch. Undying for PC. Escape Simulator for PC and Mac. Dead Estate P for PC. And then Bun House for PC. I wonder what Bun House is about. Uh, new Buns. Day for you. <laughs> Toonshi, the game, not the rapper, uh, is launching oh. November 2nd, which I'm actually very excited about. That is a cool roguelite beat-em-up game, uh, which is a really cool hybrid of those two genres. That's coming out November 2nd. Microsoft Flight Simulator Game of the Year Edition has been announced, and that's coming November 18th. Lego Star Wars Castaways is launching on November 19th on Apple Arcade. And then Lens Island launches on November 26th. Remember, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Nana writes in and says, to confirm, Prince of Persia is made by two Ubisoft developers. Uh, it is uh, Poon, 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 and Mumbai. Mm -hmm. And then, let's see. Ubisoft is making three animated. This is again from Nano. Ubisoft is making three animated shows with uh, with Netflix: Blood Dragon, Far Cry, and Splinter Cell. Oh, and then let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, one more from Nano again. Regarding the mini fridge, Aaron Greenberg already said that today's pre-orders will not be the end all be all. No. They hope they hope to have enough stock so everyone who wants one will get one. They'll also be available in store on launch day, and so there's still hope for you yet uh tomorrow's host tomorrow's wednesday tomorrow's host for kind of funny games daily are janet and tim if ross is live on twitch right now 
after this is Mike and Nick playing some of that Operation Tango DLC. If you want to catch that stream later, subscribe to youtube.com slash plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>